I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, sports fans, Coach Nick here, and welcome to the P-Ball Breakdown live show coming at you on an early Tuesday morning Halloween. As always, I'm joined by Andrew Combo Salup to discuss the latest and greatest in the NBA, and we got a doozy in the middle of the night last night before I went to bed. I saw it, but we had to get up and talk about the James Harden trade. It finally went through. I don't know what was going on that late night, why they had to do it then, but hey, uh, Combo, how's it going today? It's going well. I just switched the camera up mid live YouTube TV. I'm I'm the man, Coach Nick. You see how quickly I did that? That was crazy. All right, let's go. Hey, whatever it takes to make this work. But this is also going to be you know, an audio in case you miss this later. You can listen to it on our pod. But um, we've got to talk a little bit about this this trade. Uh, it's a kind of an interesting trade. I'm not so sure that Philly got much back uh, for this trade. But what are your initial thoughts? I mean. They got Rocco back, which I think he could be a serviceable playoff player. I don't think Ty Lue was the biggest fan of him. Uh, Marcus Morris is playable. KJ Martin might be a trade asset. Um, who was There was one other guy. I think I'm missing somebody. But they also got some picks that they could you know, flip for maybe another star eventually. I don't know if there's a star available right now that makes sense. But I, the interesting thing in all of this is that Everybody thinks Joel will eventually be on the move, except Sixers fans, from what I'm gathering. So that'll be another interesting developing story. I think Sixers fans are happy about this because obviously James Harden didn't want to be there. But they feel like to be the only ones that think Joel is going to retire a Sixer. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, don't forget Nick Batum is also going, which. Uh... Yeah. I mean, solid vet, good for the locker room, probably. Yeah. I'll, you know, it's interesting because. When you trade a guy like Harden, you kind of think, well, you better get uh, a legit starter back. And the only one that halfway resembles that would be Marcus Morris, who they don't really need. A, he's always injured, and B, um, they already have Tobias Harris who's playing well. So I don't know how that's going to work so well. Uh, P.J. Tucker, um, I'm sorry, uh, Covington, we like, uh, but it never seems to get run, even though he probably should get more. Uh, but two, I think, will ultimately help them uh, as well. He's been playing in this weird, like, sort of five, the five spot sometimes for uh, in small ball lineups. So maybe they go with him when Embiid rests a little bit. And KJ Martin is a bit of an unknown. Uh, they got some picks, um, but I, this was kind of an unimpressive package in my mind uh, for the Sixers, who also had to give up PJ Tucker who I think you and I both maybe agree he's kind of past whatever uh, ultimate effectiveness he had. Is that safe to say? Defensively, he's still okay. He's not as willing of a shooter as he used to be, and right. I think that's an issue because he used to be a po- a potent three point shooter, especially from the corner, which is so valuable in the modern NBA. Yeah, I mean, he was shooting. I'm just checking right now. He's shooting forty percent um, and taking you know less than two a game. Last year, he took less than two. Uh, so he's a good three point shooter for the last several years. He just doesn't take very many anyway. As a guy just stands still in the corner, so it, it, you know the value for him defensively. I think also uh, at 38, uh, it just wasn't uh, as as what 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 it used to be. 
So it, it's I'm, it's just you know curious to me. I can't quite figure out uh, exactly how uh, how this all went down. Like why did they go down now in the middle of the night? Uh, there are some ideas though that I might have uh, to figure this out because obviously it's on the on the Clippers side too to want to make a deal. And remember, they didn't want to include um, um, hello. They didn't want to include you know. Gosh darn it. There's my brain in the early mornings. I'm sorry. I'm so focused on a Luca video, which is going to be awesome. It's going to come out later today. So better Cur- watch that. Who's uh, the co- what? Like PG or Kawhi? You talking about? No, no, no. <laughs> uh, it's um, you know, goddamn. Oh, uh, Trey uh, Man. Yeah, they they want to trade Terrence Man, who was like, you know, Terrence wasn't going to get in the kind of run he should have been getting anyway. The first couple of games, so it was like, what are we doing here? Uh, they didn't have to give him up. Thank you, Ed. Thank you, Justa. My goodness, um, I, I feel embarrassed. They said, they, they said he was untouchable. Right. It was weird. And he was, I guess, because they didn't have to give him up. So now, but here, here's what I find interesting is, so why do they feel the pressing need to have to bring in Harden? They, they had you know a team that was maybe perhaps they could have given it a month or two to coalesce and see what they have. Do you have any ideas about that combo? I mean, yeah, they needed an elite point guard. I think he fits well with their two-wing superstars. I mean, that's the thing that they didn't have. It could kind of let PG-13 and Kawhi, and PG-13 is a really good passer, but I don't think he's like really like a game manager at heart. You know, he's like, he's a wing, and Kawhi's a wing as well, and I think it lets them naturally fit into their positions while James Harden could be, the point guard that he is so i think it's a great fit in terms of archetype of player someone in the comments is going to realize um what i'm talking about i think because you're missing a really big thing here uh as you're describing the clippers team someone knows what i'm talking about and which reminds me of uh, if you want your questions answered the best way to do that would be to super chat on youtube it helps us keep the lights going uh keeps the lights on the show going uh and we really really appreciate that and we'll give you a lot of love if you do that so uh, but someone in the comments must know what I'm thinking of right now as I'm watching Clippers footage from the first three games. Hey, how about Clippers footage from last year, too? Why would they want to bring in someone like James Harden? Hmm. You just described what they needed, right? Even though they probably have someone like this on their team, right? You would think that they would. No one. Do you no seem one. to ah. think do you think do you seem to think my assessment was unfair? Aha, uh-huh. we're gonna give LeCook a little shine, even though he's not a super chat. What happens to Westbrook playing well now? Is he though? Now Westbrook is a guy who I've you know uh, spent a lot of time breaking down and going through his game, primarily because it's, it's the volume of plays that he makes in any game he plays in. It's just you know hard to ignore what he does, especially because he's got this. Uh, he's on a pedestal, you know, generally of how they people feel about how how well he is. But that said, I think the last few years we've sort of seen you know where Russ has sort of evolved to, uh, even though I think he's always kind of been that way. But um, when you say West is, Russ is playing well, okay, let's go through the uh, the numbers here because that is sort of true. Overall, for the three games he's played, he's averaging 30 minutes a game, um, and he's shooting 60% from the field, 50% from three, um, you know, uh, a little under seven assists per game, seven rebounds, you know, and uh, 3.3 turnovers and 11.3 points. I think also we have to take it to consideration. It seems to be a good personality fit there. Like PG-13 is comfortable with him. The team seems to like him. It seems to be good vibes in LA. So I think that's an important piece of it as well. Uh, we'll see because if you're throwing Russ and we already saw Russ and Harden together a couple of different places, I don't know if that worked that well, right? Like I don't think that I'm not saying anything out of turn, right? Uh, it worked well with the Thunder. 
mean, it was it was it was a different situation. Obviously, James was coming off the bench. Yeah, but I, I think that there were. I, I don't know if I mean Russ and Harden might be great friends, but I don't know. I don't know how how well that that will work. Uh, and I, it feels like it didn't work great right in Houston either. You might think that James Harden needs like shooting around him because he's the. Uh, a point guard, but I also think you know if Russell Westbrook can move without the basketball, attack and transition only when he gets it, you know, yeah. create gravity in that way, not as a shooter. Obviously, he's not the greatest shooter, but you know, just cut through space and be that energy guy and play defense and grab rebounds and make the right play and be have the right personality to mix with this team. I think it could be okay. I don't think it's a terrible fit. I think those four guys fit well together. I think. The interesting thing is who would play with them, maybe, if they all started. Well, yeah. Did I miss something in the comments? Someone says that you think uh, Harden should move to the bench. Did you say that in this show? No, I said OKC was a different situation oh, where see. Harden was off the bench. Yeah, because he ain't coming off the bench here. I'll tell you that right now. That's He's going to start. No. So, yeah, he's start. Um, so here's what they must be looking at. Because, A, um, you obviously, when you have guys like Kawhi and Paul George, you're better off when you have like the Chris Paul, somebody you can kind of get everybody organized into the, the, uh, the offense because floor, floor guys, general, right? Yeah. They, they come off of screens a lot, you know? And so I was actually went back and watched some of the Brooklyn Nets footage in the playoffs in 2021, I guess when they beat uh, the Celtics and then lost in seven to, um, the bucks when, um, Giannis hurt, uh, Kyrie. And um, I wanted to see how, <laughs> whatever when it, when Kyrie brought, sprained his ankle somehow when yeah nonetheless, um, and I wanted to see how Harden was functioning around those two guys. It isn't going to be the same. It will be the same with KD because KD moves a lot like I'm sorry, Paul George moves a lot like KD. Ka Kawhi does too. They'll come off of those screens. They like pin downs, so you'll see a lot of that kind of stuff, which is easy for Harden to just throw the ball and then they do their thing on the right wing. So that's one thing. But when you watch them alongside Kyrie, it's going to be a lot different than it is to have both Paul George and Kawhi Leonard on the same, on, you know, on either side of the floor. But I think it'll be really uh, dynamic for them. Um, that said, uh, I think what it's what they're what the Clippers were looking at was they needed someone like that because Russell Westbrook is not that guy. And even though he was shooting well to start the season, um, we already are seeing some of the same stuff we'd seen in L.A. Uh, for the Lakers and now the Clippers. Um, when you look at the 10 turnovers he's committed so far, it's not like a high volume, but then again, he's not having the ball switch in his hands. Some of them are really re so troubling that you would anybody on the bench would be like, we can't get this guy. We can't. This guy cannot be that role. He still does those crazy turnovers. He dribbles off his foot or he literally – combo, I, w I almost wish I could show it. You wouldn't believe – he threw a turnover this 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 year already. He was inbounding the ball on the baseline and threw the ball off the back of the head of a, a defender who was standing in front of him. So you don't seem to think this will work because of Russell Westbrook. Well, I think this is why they had to bring in Harden by any means necessary. Although the deal ends up being pretty decent for them, who they had to send out. But they, they, that was the decision. They said we cannot handle this at all with what we have because Russell Westbrook is not a guy. I mean, listen. They, they were down two, and they had a, they missed a three from Kawhi, and Russell gets the rebound about eight feet from nine feet from the hoop and, and just airballs the shot. Um, you know, it's the same stuff that we keep seeing that you can't rely on in, under pressure in the fourth quarter when you're going to play these, these defenses. They're going to load up on Kawhi and Paul George. So they had to bring in Harden, even with Harden's baggage, which, you know, very well playing in L.A. could be a terrible thing for him where he's not, you know, focused on the game as much. He might get out of shape. All those things are, are worth more than having to deal with what they had at the moment.
I mean, Russell was an addition in itself, right? I mean, he's fairly new to the team. So I don't know if they're thinking like because of Russell, we need to bring in James. Is that like, do you have inside information on that? Or do you believe that no, to be the case? Or the footage? I mean, he's not a pure point. You're saying he's, he's not a he's not a pure point guard. Like he he can't set up the team. That's and they need somebody like that. But but you could also say that about PG 13's not a pure point guard. Kawhi is not a pure point guard. They're not point guards at all. So that's just the player that they need. I don't know if it all goes on Russell because of that. I wanted to take a second to tell you about how fun it is to download prize picks and discover how much fun it is by making skill-based, real-money fantasy sports entries. And best of all, you're only competing with yourself. Prize picks offers frequent discounts, bonuses, and other exciting offers. Players can enjoy community-wide promotions, including Taco Tuesday and Flex Friday. I love that you can choose two or more players from any sport pick more or less on their projected stats and place your entry. I went bold this weekend by picking Kirk Cousins to throw for more than 275 and a half yards, go Vikes, and Justin Fields less than 184 and a half yards, bear down. And will add a whole new level to my game watching experience as I hope some of these guys throw that ball down the field a lot. Go to prizepicks.com slash CLNS and use code CLNS for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash CLNS. PrizePix, daily fantasy sports made easy. Oh, well, I mean, whatever, however you want to look at this, they understand through the crucible of having to win a title this year. This is like their last year. The Clippers have one last chance, it looks like. So... The, the, you had to upgrade that position. There was no choice if that's what they wanted to do. So because of that, and, and by the way, like if you were hoping, okay, Russell Westbrook's shooting a little bit better, okay, maybe that's he's going somewhere, but it's not. You can tell. And by the way, we know he ain't going to shoot 50% from three-point land like he's been so far. And so um, that will regress to the 32, 33% that he normally is. And that's, you know, and, and then plus you still have the turnovers and just the, the strange decisions he makes, uh, especially in the, in crunch time. So they needed someone who, who could upgrade that. I, and I suppose Harden was the best choice you're going to find. Here's my thing. They needed Harden before Russell Westbrook and they still need Harden after Russell Westbrook to make them a better team. Right. 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 Yeah. They needed they needed hard. They needed somebody better at that position. And that's probably yeah. why, yeah, Russ would go to the bench, uh, which would probably be better for him. Let, let, if he goes up against second units, it's probably going to be the best version I, we're going to get of it. I actually think they might try and start all of them. Okay. Well, let's go through that. So if it's all of them, it's going to be Russ and Harden in the backcourt, PG, Kawhi, and Zubats. Um, okay. That might work. Terrence Mann off the bench. Who else do they have off the bench now? You know, Russ could play like that. Like, Russ would be, like, interesting at, like, a small ball four. Right. They got Bones and, and Powell no. uh, and Plumlee. Yeah, I mean, they have they have some nice, you know, they have a, the team, right? Especially when you have PG and Kawhi who are healthy. Uh, that's a team you cannot count out, but they're, they're just never healthy. And yeah, that's, that's what, really what it comes down to. I mean, James is kind of, uh, obviously, he's had his issues in the playoffs at times, but he's an iron man. He's going to play. You know, he's going to play. It, it really comes down to if Kawhi and PG-13 are playing. Yeah, and, and what we've seen with James is when he is worn down at the end of the year, it's because he's uh, heliocentric and doing all the work. He will not have to do all the work at all. And, in fact, when you watch a lot of the assists, I said to KD, for instance, he just had to throw it to him, and KD would do a three-dribble move and pull up and just nail some tough shot. We'll, we'll definitely see that with uh, Kawhi and Paul George. 
So I think together that that's a nice three. If, you know, Harden is in shape and ready to go, it might take him a little while to kind of get back into game shape, but if they can keep him focused on that stuff, then I, I certainly think that this could be a team that would threaten anybody in the West. I mean, I guess aside from Denver, who's looking completely unbeatable in my mind, um, I don't know how they deal with that. Like, how would they deal with Denver? I mean, Zubats is a big body who can, you know, sort of bang a little bit with Jokic, but I don't think he's ever had much success defending him. Um, but I think around the other sides, you know, can can those guys, the, the skinny versions of Kawhi and Paul George, handle guys like Aaron Gordon? Can you go, like, five guards and space out Jokic? Um, yeah, uh, five guards. Okay, so, like, talking about like Powell and, and – are you talking about Kawhi and PG being guards at that point? Yeah, I mean, it would be tough on defense because you need somebody to guard Jokic, but nobody's guarding Jokic anyway. So, I, interesting. I, mean, I think they tried that. I feel like we'd seen that a little bit because Lou likes to go small, and they, you know, they don't have Batum. Batum was the guy who they would mm -hmm. kind of figure they could try it. But, uh, yeah, I, I suppose that's possible. Just let Jokic kind of eat and, and limit everybody else. But you know, Harden, you know, Harden actually, Harden on defense is better on a big, not saying Jokic, but in general, you could go with that small ball lineup and put Harden on one of the bigs. He's actually better against bigs than he is against smalls. He is. That is true. He is. He has, as Dave before my old podcast partner said, he is very stout. And um, but I yeah. but come on, you're talking about Harden trying to guard. Uh, uh, I, I I I definitely I definitely said not Jokic, but in general, not Jokic in general. Yeah, All right, yeah, but yeah. hey, why not? Let's find out. Like that could but, be fun too. But also, who's guarding Jokic? Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, is it is it that big of a difference if you put uh, an average big on Jokic than Harden? Is it that much of a difference? I don't know. I, I mean, it probably because you know, it, it, in in theory, Jokic would 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 score almost every single time against small guys like that, right? I feel like he just he just bought back. That's him true. In, That's fair. Hook, you know. That's fair. And then Harden will be yeah. tired, right? It's not like okay, you guard Steph Curry with um, you know, a terrible defender. Like he's still only going to hit forty x percent of his. Imagine, three. imagine Jokic versus the Warriors. He's going to destroy them. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, they don't have to put Draymond or, or you know, but listen, I, I have to look at um, toast, uh, at uh, Looney. I have to look at Looney again, toast, and then what Jamal Murray would do to that backcourt if CP3 and Steph are getting minutes together. Oh, yeah, my god. Well, CP3 came off the bench by the way the other night, which was good to see. And Steph yeah. just, I mean, Steph's on a heater, but not as much of a heater as uh, Luka Doncic, by the way. So, again, the video I'm doing is really cool, uh, as I'm breaking down how he's scoring, how he's assisting. A, and, true uh, a true basketball savant. Yeah, and, and absolutely. And he just controls the game. He's like Zinedine Zidane and in, in, in soccer, those guys who – although those guys don't score much in soccer and they control the game. How, he, how do you how do yeah. you explain how, like, the seas just open up for him, some, like, more than other players? So that's a great question. He's not fast, right? He yeah. just needs to get you on on sideways, on, 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 his, on his side, because then yeah. his big body, it's over. Like, he can – he likes to create contact – they're not going to call it. There's a number of times where he's getting that left elbow or the left uh, forearm into the defender. Mm -hmm. And he had one on Zaire Smith the, the other night. That was, you know, the whole the whole crowd was like, oh, <laughs> the guy went flying. He might have lost a little bit. But, to uh, change topic slightly, Zaire, he got some stuff, man. So some stuff like off the dribble threes. He got some talent, that guy. Uh, yeah. I mean, listen, yeah. he, he, he's in the NBA for a reason. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, but, but, so, but some, guys, some guys his size can't, like, he got some talent. Like, he got right. some stuff that other guys don't have, you know? Yeah. yeah. But but getting back to Luca, you know, he once he gets downhill, he, he, again, he doesn't really beat anybody off the dribble per se. 
he gets him stuck on their hip, and then that's it. He just rides into the basket. And if you're trying to come over to help, he's just going to you know find a, a, wide, a wide open shot or a layup. Also, I think like he keeps control of his gears. He's probably a little bit faster than people think because if you see a transition, sometimes he does push fast. Where you're yeah. like, oh, I mean, the guy is six eight six nine, and he's going pretty fast in transition, but he'll never be at that pace because then he always wants the ability to get to the next gear, whatever he wants. Exactly, and it, it's just more versions of him controlling the game, and he's laughing out there. He literally is laughing. Like that shot he hit, he hit a half hook bank shot from three point land to win the game uh, the other night, and mm -hmm. it was ridiculous. And you could tell nobody else on the other team on, on the team wanted to shoot the ball. They're like, please, Luca, take it. They kept getting it back to him. He's like, okay. Now, um, this gets to the whole MVP conversation, which we've had before, which kind of folded into like Giannis winning and, that, and the Shaq, where um, I always felt like, uh, by the way, did you just give me a thumbs up? That wasn't me. Where is the thumbs up coming from? It happened in my, in my I was recording my political podcast. Where are the thumbs up coming from? Is it from, you know, where is it? Do I get enough thumbs up on YouTube and all of a sudden it pops up here? I can't figure it out. If anybody in the, in the comments knows how that thumbs up disappeared next to my head, please let me know. Anyway, um, the whole thing about the MVP, which I've never understood, is um, how can you win the MVP of the NBA and not have the role of the coach gives you the ball, last possession, says go win us the game? Now, Giannis wasn't really that guy. It's Middleton has the ball, and he's going to run the pick and roll with Giannis, and he'll roll and they'll do stuff. But sometimes Giannis has that role, but not always. And, you know, Shaq was the same way because they were afraid of free throws, the same with Giannis. And so in my mind, it's like it, it, the only way you should be an MVP is if you are that guy, if you are the Kobe, if you are the Michael, if you are the Wade, who else, you know, all those kind of guys have the ball in their hand. They're going to create a shot. So um, that was the interesting thing. So when you're watching what Luka is doing right now, he is going to have to carry this Dallas Mavericks team to almost every win, it looks like, right? That is an MVP. So that's why I'm thinking that he's going to get the, uh, get it this year. Yeah, I like him. I like SGA. I mean, I think those two guys have a great chance, but Luca's really on a burner yeah. right now. Um, You know, to your Dame Giannis point, I said this before the season, like if the Bucs can go all the way, there's a world where there will be this debate, who's the Batman, who's the Robin? And on top of that, if they could win it all, like people will start having that conversation, is Dame the best player in the NBA? Because he's going to have the stats – He's going to have the moments in the playoffs. He's going to have the basketball in crucial situations. Right. Because he's that guy who could create his own, and he's a great free throw shooter. So and he's, he's a great gonna, free throw shooter. Yeah, those, I, those I mean, so he's just going to be the guy for that team on the offensive side of the basketball when push comes to shove in the playoffs and if they make it to the finals. Absolutely, and that's what it should be. And by the way, Middleton should have been the guy doing that. That was They, they did the best what they could do with that team. So it's not even necessarily a knock on Giannis. The only knock you'd have on Giannis is that his free throw shooting tends to be so poor. And he isn't great a lot of times in the half court when the defense is set, honestly. That is an issue that he's had because he doesn't sort of, you know, he just goes in there as if the defense isn't there and knocks people over the offensive charges and turns it over sometimes. And here's the difference between Chris and Dame. I mean, both great scores. Chris is more of a get-to-your-spot type scorer. Dame could break the game wide open by yeah. making shots before the defense even gets set, which yeah. is really dangerous. And his passing is underrated uh, as well. Yeah. I think his passing is, is also the kind of thing that sets guys up in a, in a really uh, profound way. So, um, and by the way, Giannis is the most dominant player in the NBA, aside from probably Jokic. 
And, you know, when you get him going in the full court, there's nothing to stop him. And that's great. Two-way dominance. Two-way dominance, yeah. for sure. Yeah, and, it, and also on the defensive end as well. Yeah. So maximize all that in the first three quarters and three or three and a half quarters. And then when it comes down to it, it's going to be the Dame time, the Dame time. And um, and that's how it should be. That's the best version of their team. That's all that matters. And by the way, that's all that matters to Giannis. I don't think he cares about MVPs or all that stuff either. He said so, it recently. Yeah, He's that's told, why he, when I mentioned well, that on Twitter, it's like people, people, well, Bucks fans really uh, get triggered. I, there's no other way to, pro, to put it, but um, no one can dispute that he isn't the guy that the, the coach gives him the ball and says, win us the game. Generally, it's not him. Now, that's the other thing is that criteria is only my criteria for what MVP is. I don't know what the MVP is other than that. I guess it's the best player, most dominant player. I don't know. But for me, if you're the MVP, it's that guy. And I've never understood. It. That's why even when Shaq got it, you know, it was always a little weird to me. All th those guys who aren't that role on their own team doesn't make sense to me that they win it generally for the NBA. But we have a couple of super chats. So let's get to those. We have Cliffside. Thank you so much, Cliffside. Um, uh, very generous. Really appreciate it. Uh, he asks, have any NBA teams used your new defensive system? So I've showed it to a couple of NBA teams. And I can just say this. No NBA team is going to run my defensive thing uh, without like a Division One team running it first. Now I had a D1 team run it for one game for six possessions last year, and uh, the, the, it's a three-year plan for me right now. This year we have Division Two, a uh, Division Two team running it. And by the way, well, I'm just going to tell you, uh, they want to keep under wraps. So I'm going to say this Division Two team beat a Division One team in a scrimmage, running it 20 times in the second half. And if you missed any of them, if you go back and look for Chase defense in my timeline, it's not that long ago. Uh, I designed a zone where you play behind the ball and it's, it creates so much havoc and the D, the D two team isn't even quite getting all the way behind all the time, but you can see that it's causing turnovers and mid range jump shots and floaters with content hand up. And, uh, and you also get the benefit of runouts because you're now sort of behind and have a, have an advantage to go back the other way. So it's a three-year plan for that this year, D two next year, D one teams running it. And then the third year we'll get some NBA teams to do it. It's a good plan. Love it. Yeah. All right. We have another super chat. We got one from Martin Jose, best friend of the breakdown. Hey, Martin, what's going on, my man? Uh, the Nets got to start Cam Thomas for the rest of the season. He gives the team buckets. He does. He was also giving up buckets against Luca when they were targeting him a little bit. Oh, that's the other thing about Luca, which is like the LeBron thing. They just find the one guy that you, you can't have, you can't afford to have on the ball on Luca and just torture the guy. I mean, uh, it was the same way with, uh, we tortured Jaron Jackson Jr., reigning defensive player of the year. And then he also uh, uh, did that on against Memphis with, what, uh, with um, what, his, uh, Xavier. What's that word when you enjoy, like, in the horror movies? You It's Halloween, so this is fitting, where you enjoy killing people and destroying them. A masochist? Is that the word? Uh, okay. And then, yeah, that, that, that's what Luca is because he seems so happy just – destroying that one well, guy I, that I almost feel that like the target the guy who keeps wanting to defend him <laughs> keeps getting okay okay that's the correct uh, so term he's sadist. yeah, yeah. luca is the sadist part of that where he's enjoying oh, okay. just torturing everybody yeah 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 that's yeah. funny um, he's smiling and, all the way through yeah but it, but it's the kind of thing that we saw with harden let's get back to harden then harden wore down those years when they, he played like that so the only good thing they have going here is that there is Kyrie who he can you know take some of the load off uh, in, in that way. And it's going to be interesting to see exactly how Kyrie complements this so far. It, it's been working okay, but um, these games have been a little closer than I'm sure the Mavericks front office is. Well, Kyrie didn't play, right? This last one. He didn't. No. Yeah. So he's already been, you know, is he, is he, you know, going to be injury prone? We don't know. Um, let me just get the, the, 
oh crap, where's my Kyrie uh, game log here? I just want to. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Quickly pick. So so in his game walk, he didn't play the, the third game. But uh, the first game, he was, you know, 22 points on, uh, you know, uh, he actually has not been very uh, efficient at all. I got to take a deep dive into that and figure out what's going on. Um, with that, and that's gonna—that's one of the reasons why these games are closer than they—they they probably should be uh, to some of these teams, because I'm sure they feel like they're better than the Spurs and they're better than Brooklyn, and more than they—you know—they shouldn't have to go to the wire against those guys. Um, so, um, but that's the—that's the issue you got to deal with in terms of um, Harden. Is that you know, uh, is he gonna—he won't—he's not gonna wear down now because he's got the two guys. Is Luca gonna wear down like Harden used to? Uh, is probably an interesting question. I don't think. Do you think he would? Who will will Luca wear down? Is going to wear down because we've seen it already. He's already played this way for several years and hasn't. Really. Nah, he's well. His the pace he plays with, I think, allows him, you know, to sustain himself throughout the course of the season. Do I believe in his team enough for them to win a championship? Not really, though. You know, nah. I just I just don't think they have enough. I mean, Grant Williams is going to have a really good season. I think he's going to have more opportunity this year. He's going to be able to shoot with no pressure. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he had more guys playing his position with the Celtics, so it was a little bit tougher. I think he'll be more free-flowing. Um, Derek Lively's going to have to – he's a rookie. He's going to have to play really well for them to be good, which is a lot – which is a tough ask for a rookie. Um, they, yeah, they just don't have enough, in my opinion, but he's great. I don't think he'll wear down. I think in the playoffs he's going to be an absolute monster. I just right. don't think they have enough around him. Oh, the Sun said the same thing, and look what happened there. So it's like, you know, every time you say that uh, in a playoff series where, you know, you got to win four in a week, you got to stop Luca four times. I don't know how easy that's going to be. Let's finish mm-hmm. the Cam Thomas. Have you looked at his stats? I didn't even realize this. Uh, do you know what he's he's averaging right now? 33. Yeah. There you go. Wait, where did my uh, – oh, my goodness. Where did my tab go? Uh, 33 points and uh, on, on ridiculous shooting splits. Here it is. Uh, he's shooting 61% from the field. He's taken over four threes a game. He's only, he's only making 31% of those. Um, and uh, last year he was better. So we don't really know exactly where he's going to land on the three-point shooting arc. I got to take a deep dive and look at that. But, you know, obviously it's going to come down to earth a little bit. But, um, yeah, he's a bucket. We, we know he's been a bucket even last year, you know, in his limited playing time. We he's saw a, him able to score. An absolute professional score. Just, you know – his weaknesses are pretty weak. That's the issue. Like he doesn't defend that well and he doesn't play with his teammates, but the guy could score the basketball. Yeah. Like some of the best players in the league, like literally like that guy is a bucket. Yeah. All right. Let's see if any other, uh, any other super chats before I we go on, but um, okay. Uh, lively Derek lively. The second. 
Jeez Louise. I mean, so I remember I was kind of curious. Oh, they, they're going to start him maybe like in the preseason. They were talking about that, whatever. It's like, oh, this is how far the, the Mavericks have fallen. But I got to tell you, I, you know, you kind of forget sometimes how valuable uh, vertical spacing is. We talk about vertical spacing, but, but, you know, we don't have it as much anymore. I, I'm trying to picture like, who are those guys that are rolling? Cause there's so much kicking for threes. Nick, they got guys. Nick, but, Cla uh, Nick Claxton, Clint Capella, you know, Lively, yes, Plumley. Yeah, they're still uh, around. They're, they don't seem like they have a lot of like very profound effect on the game. But I got to tell you, when you have Luca, and yeah, now yeah. you pair him with Lively, now that's a whole different story. So um, I, I have to feel bad. Has anyone checked on Zach Collins recently? Because this dude got just murdered a couple times at the rim. I mean, climbing the ladder and just dunking all over him. And in fact, one of them was embarrassing. Luca made the wrong decision. He Collins didn't step up to Luca to contest, so he just would have had a little bit of a floater, no no contest at all. He throws a lob anyway, and it forced uh, Lively to climb up the back and just nail Collins to the dunk. So if they can keep that up and he doesn't get hurt, because that you get worried a little bit about guys getting underneath guys who fly that high. Um, this is a whole another level that they really haven't had uh, for a while. I mean, Kleber Kleba, by the way can get up. He had a nice lob to him as well in one of his assists. And that's, that's, that's a little bit of a thing. But Lively is going to attract a lot more attention. The guy, no one's going to want to get embarrassed by him. And that's going to start opening up the kickouts to threes. So I think that there is going to be the thing where if the Mavericks lose the game, it's going to be because they got outscored. It's not going to be because someone shut them down. So with Lively, you know, covering the draft, as I do on my podcast, I always said, and I had a pre-draft, you know, lottery episode, and we talked about like Lively – that Mavs team was the perfect fit for him mm -hmm. because on a read and react type offense like the Heat or like the Warriors, I don't think he'd be as good. But just all he has to do is rim run, catch lobs, play defense, and just play with a guy like Luka who's going to make him look great. So I thought it was not only the perfect fit for the Mavs, it was the perfect fit for him. And here we are. He looks great. Did, was he doing this in college? Um, First half of the season was tough, and then he started doing it towards the end, yes. Okay, yeah, because I don't, I can't picture in my mind going through his footage. I don't remember if I saw some of these ridiculous hops yeah. and whatever. But yeah, yeah, yeah. He he played uh, better. He played better for Duke towards the end. Okay, so yeah, because this is um this opens up a lot of things. And again, you're right. He's he's a rookie, so you got to be worried about him defensively and fouling and all that kind of stuff. But uh, Luke is already showing the kind of trust in him, uh, like a veteran, where he had one dime. He just threw it up to him. Who he was wandering uh, kind of half behind Zach Collins and just threw the ball where only Lively can catch it. Not only did he make a really tough catch over the shoulder, but then in one move, he was re uh, re reverse laying it in where Collins had no chance to even get a hand up. So those kind of plays will continue to get Luca more confidence in him, and then he'll keep finding him. Um, and it's it's going to be exciting. I'm, I'm trying to think, who else has Luca had alongside like that? Did they have JaVale with him in, in, in Dallas? And now yeah, I'm like really so. blanking in those other teams that he was on. Um, it wouldn't be hard to look real quick, but uh, th this is a new level, I think, for him, and I think he's going to have a lot of fun with it because it makes it just makes the game. You don't have to be accurate at all on these passes uh, when imagine, you just get near the rim. Imagine Luke had primed DeAndre Jordan; that would have been amazing. Yeah, well, they, they well DeAndre Jordan. Remember, he'd gone to Dallas, I think, before Luca got there, and they made him change his mind, so he might have already been there. Uh, yeah, he had like Chris Wood. Uh, you know, who else did he have? Um, Let's they say try. Was there, but he always injured. Dwight, Dwight uh, pa Powell. Powell. So here's the thing about Powell. I'm sure he's the best, uh, you know, uh, teammate you'd ever want to have. Great locker room guy. Every team would want him, but he's going to hold you back. You cannot play him more than 15 minutes a game. He's just, um, 
he's just all over the place and I mean, like physically he's just sort of just doesn't control his body that well and he, he just you know you got you can find the right 15 minutes for him great and that's about it i think like luke has played with a lot of guys like that right like he hasn't really had a lot of like true winning playoff players on his team not enough of them in my opinion to really right. make them legit yeah, I'm going through all the, the the rosters right now to see any any of these other verticals. It's not good, Bob. Yeah, he had KP, who is not really the vertical threat. I feel like you know he mostly pops a lot and that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, so this is probably the first time that he's had a guy uh, who can come in and do this. And then and then you know I'm anxious to see. We haven't quite seen the progression yet. Where now because he by the way because either he's scoring layups or he's throwing up for lobs. I'm anxious to see now after they adjust and start maybe collapsing. Then we're going to start seeing kickouts. And then, again, it's not going to be because they uh, are shut down. The reason the Mavericks lose any of these any games are going to be because they got outscored. Uh, they're going to put the ball in the basket at a high rate, and the other team's going to have to do it at a, a higher rate to, be, to beat them. They should look to get Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon? Yeah, um, I mean, when, when Kyrie, Kyrie's unavailable sometimes. He could come off the bench. I know them two in the backcourt wouldn't be good because they're small, but at least yeah. he could, like, add some scoring punch. Like, they, they, need, they, good, yeah. they need good They need good basketball players. Like well, they, they probably just, need, like, a, a more uh, somebody who's more, like, um, you know, defensive-minded, too. Like, that's you true. know, I don't even know, like, like Royce O'Neal, but they need a guy like that who can, you know, who's going to really focus, uh, you know. Jo Josh, Josh Hart type? Yeah, they need more of those kind of guys. Um, yeah. And by the way, I mean, I, and I love, um, um, gosh, I love him so much. I'm forgetting his name, uh, from, uh, Australia. Jo help Josh me. Giddy. No, no. On, on the, on the Mavericks, Josh Green, the other Josh, Oh, Josh Green. Yeah. Uh, he's developing really nicely as well and could become one of those guys. So I'm telling you, there might be some development with some of these guys here, uh, with lively and with green where they might end up being on the fill in what they need. Um, on the run and and then and make it work by the playoffs we'll see uh jason kidd is he up for it i don't know um but do we have to is there anything else we have to put uh in terms of the hardened trade did we, did we, did we cover nah, i think we covered we covered that we covered well we certainly i think we covered the the the, the clippers version now what, what how that might look i think um and then it's but we i don't know if we really dug too much deeper I, into the sixers side I, and, I, this episode is brought to you by hyperice the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, I think I talked a little bit about it, but, I mean, Batum's a good locker room guy. I think Rocco could help a winning team. I just, you know, um, Kevin, uh, KJ Martin, he could be a trade piece in the future. Mm -hmm. But, like, I just think it all comes down to, like, will Joel, will Joel Embiid want to stay with this? Like, right. is, this, is this legitimately a team he feels could win a championship? He's been through this with Ben. He's been through something like this with James Harden. 
And I feel like Sixers fans are happy that somebody who doesn't want to be there is not there anymore. And they believe, okay, we're clearing the way for Joel. But most people who aren't Sixers fans believe like Joel won't end his career with the Sixers and they're looking to get him in a trade. Like Knicks fans have all kinds of trade packages ready for um, Joel Embiid. I just don't know how this is going to go. Is it going to be rebuild around Maxi? I really don't know. Yeah, I mean, listen, they have they have pieces around him. Again, Embiid is a guy who is a dominant player, an MVP candidate. Uh, you know, it, it, with Tobias, um, you know, they lose PJ Tucker, but they have uh, they're going to bring it. Like you know, so you have to, what's what's the starting lineup now for them? Maxi, Tobias, Tobias, Joel. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, you're you're not going to play. Um, you could start what Morris. I get. I mean, if he's healthy, you, you, so you want to do Morris and Harris together. Interesting. Okay. Um, I mean, I feel like Harris could be a three and Morris could be a four. Yeah. No. I mean, that it's like it's just like the Clippers. Yeah. I mean, and then you got Maxi. Yeah. Oh, and then then you have Ubre, Ubre, who uh, hasn't started yet, but uh, he is there. The uh, Anthony Melton, who has been starting for them, so that's right. Now I'm looking, thinking about this. So. Um, it's right. I don't think this is a championship team. It doesn't sort of yeah. scream to me that this is a championship team, even you know, with, with this going on. And again, when you trade a Harden, you think you're going to bring in somebody, uh, a, a more of a headliner like that. So this is a weird trade. I think. I, I think something happened. Right? You, Harden wanted to get on the plane. And they wouldn't even let him do that, um, yep. which they could have, unless something was just so wrong. They're like, we just need to get rid of it. And I think maybe that something something happened there that that made them rush this trade. I mean, it was a distraction, so you might as well cut it off and let it just yeah. instead of James Harden just hovering around and being toxic for what's going on over there. You know, I mean, it's not toxic from his point of view, but from the Sixers' point of view, I'm sure it is. Right, right. Oh, and we and we we must not forget Pat Beverly uh, on the team as well, who is going <laughs> to not necessarily going to get you to a championship, but is going to make things interesting. Um, you know, so I, by the way, someone's asking if, if MB has a post game. Uh, yes, he has a post game uh, without question. Does he use it all the time? No, <laughs> but uh, he certainly has it. I finally saw him do a really nice, you know, sort of dream shake the other day. Uh, that guy, that guy has everything, yeah. So he's the guy, and, and he's been able to persevere, uh, you know, and stay on the court, uh, you know, as much as he can for a guy who falls down so much. Um, and and takes dives and you know he had an embarrassing uh, flop after getting ripped by Giannis in that video. By the way, go watch the uh, people didn't watch the Embiid versus Giannis video. I don't know why. You have any ideas? That, that should have been a big marquee matchup video. No, maybe there's a lot of videos like that. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, grab uh, the Bucks won. Giannis looked pretty good, except for like the couple shots down the stretch. And then you know Dame was awesome. So um, anyhow. I think so. I think that kind of covers all of that uh, as far as what they have. But yeah, the Sixers, it feels like they need to make another trade. Um, but, you know, KJ Martin isn't going to be, I mean, you know, he, he, there is, there's something there. You know, he, he did nicely last year and he's a young player. They have some picks too. They got in the trade. They right? got the picks. So you're right. They, they, you know, you can't, you can't discount Daryl Morey. He might have something up his sleeve here. Um, and, and by the way, you keep saying that Cajun Martin's a future trade asset. It might, it might even be that way where he knew that this, this team covets him. Although now we have to kind of figure out that who would that be? You know, they, I mean, they, it's obviously they're going to be looking to somebody who could be a star next to Joel. So I don't yeah, know if there's anybody right. available for that right now. What Pascal. And right. Cause like it, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a forward or a guard. Like they, they could, they could plug either one of those in there uh, as they need it. And I think uh, that would work. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, 
Yeah, keep your eye on that. But I would anticipate, yes, another trade because I think uh, I think Philly needs to, A, upgrade, and B, worry that Embiid's going to demand a trade at some point, and that would be a bit of a nightmare too. We have another Super Chat as we start wrapping up the show. We have uh, Big Man Sam. Thank you so much. So generous. Great Super Chat. Really, really appreciate that. Um, some interesting teams to watch right now in the Central Division with Indy, Milwaukee, Detroit, and Cleveland. Detroit, yeah, they're, they're looking like they're finally turning some things around. Um, thoughts on Duran, a.k.a. Drummond, with their motor and how quickly do the Bulls need to blow it up? The Bulls needed to blow it up two years ago, I think. Um, this is not working at all. But the, who who is the, you know, I guess it's DeRozan is the guy who has the most value if you're not going to trade Levine uh, in his contract. Maybe it's not tradable. So they, they could probably start breaking some things down. So if DeRozan is on, this, on the market, by the way. I think Levine's a better fit than DeRozan next to Embiid. Oh, okay. So that's what I was getting to. Yeah. Um, yeah, because now DeRozan and Harris, that's a weird thing. I mean, also, Embiid, like, Embiid and DeRozan operate in the same area, even though they're different positions. So, say it again? DeRozan and Embiid operate in the same areas, even though they're different positions. That's interesting. I guess so. I guess so, yeah. yeah. Um, but but DeRozan, if he's on the market, yeah, yeah, it's not the best fit in Philly, the way that would be going, but... Um, but, Levine but, is nice though. Levine's a good fit there. He's yeah. No, you're right. There. Levine is. I don't know if they can handle. I mean, Levine's contract is massive. Okay. Um, so Maury, that's maybe Maury can find a way. But by the way, what, who they brought back after getting Harden's contract off is is not a huge numbers either. So who knows? Someone needs to do the math and figure that out. Um, but uh, and then yeah, so Duran looks terrific uh, again. You know, I, I think I think he might be better than Drummond. I would hope. Um, I'm not well, Drummond, Drummond was great for his era. It's just his era is not here yeah, anymore. I don't think he ever. I just, he didn't have a good hands. I think he was empty stats, unfortunately. I love you, Andre, but I don't. I don't think he was ever impactful like that. Okay. But um, but yeah. But, so let's see. Uh, so but during, I think I think what they're doing now in Detroit is uh, it, they're in the right direction finally. Um, and Monty is gonna. It's definitely gonna be uh, have them playing better and more competitively. So that's really good to see. Uh, but well, yeah, I'll, I might have to do a Pistons breakdown this year. They're you know good. I mean, K, one of those? K, K, K's the real deal. I, I can't tell you the last time I did a Pistons video. Um, it's it's, it's got to be. I'm sure be, you've done well, a video. You know I'm, I'm sure you've done a video on every team. Well, I did I did a video on Cade at some point, so I know I did that. But um, I think yes, I'm pretty sure. But uh, again, as a team, probably not. So anyway, I'm, I'm excited. It's it's finally time we're seeing OKC. Sawyer Thompson is really good. Back. Asar Tops is really good at basketball, and he's an elite athlete. He's an elite athlete. There's no question. The highlights are impressive. So we'll see how that goes as they as the other teams adjust and figure out. Nah, he, he, he could just play. Like I mean, that combination of just being good at basketball and being an elite athlete. I mean, that's a pretty good combination. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. We'll find. I mean, we'll find out more. Um, let me really quickly check this. Um, right. So, all right, let's go on. We have one more super chat, I think, uh, as we wrap the show up here. Uh, Alan Tran, thank you, Alan. The Sixers need to target Heald and Brogdon. Ah, I like I like that. Yeah, Buddy Heald is great on any team. I love him. He's just a sharpshooter, um, just a good complimentary player. And, um, yeah, Brogdon, yeah, I suppose Brogdon, yeah, Brogdon helps anybody as well, so there's no question. And we know he's on the block, right? Yeah, no. I, he sh Well, no, not technically, but he should be, like just looking at what Portland's doing. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. You know, and by the way, like, you know, we shouldn't overlook like Indiana. Well, actually, let me look at Heald right now. Heald is not starting, coming off the bench, and he's playing 21 minutes a game, and he's uh, not he's, he's shooting well from three, but not overall. 
Uh, I got to go check some of the Indiana footage because I'm kind of curious about what's going on there with under uh, Rick Carlisle. They, uh, he just signed an extension, so something good's happening. Yeah, yeah. So they had a decent start, and they have some nice pieces that they deserve a video because there's some pieces uh, there that are sort of under the radar, and you don't necessarily know guys like Nemhart and Top, like. Toppin. Toppin's going to get opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So they have a, it's a team. It's a true team there. Yeah. And then we all, you know, we all we love Halliburton and the way he it's plays. It's nice. So, it's nice when teams that are rebuilding are still a team, right? Like on the way up, they're yeah. not just like, yeah, like they're a good basketball team, even though they're not good enough to be among the contenders or the true playoff teams, you know, they're, they're good. Right. They're They'll good. be fun. They'll be competitive. And that's, yeah. that's all you can ask for uh, yeah. when, you, when you're talking about that. Not like, uh, as opposed to tanking. Um, well, listen, combo, I got to get back. Oh, there's another, sorry. There's another um, super chat from. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. William Kim, thank you so much for the super chat. What are your thoughts on Maxi? Um, what you go? You go first. He's great, dynamic, keeps getting better, scores the basketball, future all star in my opinion. I mean, the guy is good, three level score, and yeah. a hard worker, and he should be definitely one of the guys that they build around moving yeah, forward. I mean, listen, they're taking advantage. He's taking advantage big time that uh, Harden is not out there. And I mean, should we run through his stats real quick? He's averaging over thirty a game. Maxi or Maxi or Pool? Uh, oh, Maxi for sure, right? I mean, at this point, Maxi. I think so. Although there was that would be a good comparison, I think. But this year, certainly with the start, um, you know, Maxi probably takes a couple less shots that are wild, like Pool does, right? You know, mm -hmm. but but Pool is so good uh, with his uh, skill level that it's like you can understand why he's going to try some of those shots. Maxi's a, right a little bit more within himself, right? A little bit more of like floater pull up off the dribble you know like sort of there's more there's more consistency with maxi for sure just jordan pool has that uh, are we allowed to curse on this no okay has stuff in his game that like allows him to create literally something out of nothing that maybe you know a lot of the other players in the league don't have you know yeah no for sure and he's like a water bug he's hyper quick uh, just a good, a good all-around nice compliment, especially because they need that kind of scoring. You want inside-out scoring with him and Embiid, although Embiid does outside scoring too. Uh, that, that's a good compliment. So another reason why, I mean, they could get rid of Harden knowing that Maxi can do a lot of that stuff. He doesn't facilitate like Harden does at Harden's best, um, which is why you're thinking, yeah, maybe, do they bring a Brogdon in or somebody else like that um, to, to help run that part of the show? But um, but yeah, we but Maxi is really great dynamic, um, just very valuable for them, and, and a really great, uh, you know, picking him up. They, I'm sure they never had envisioned him being, you know, a, a top starting guard in the league, which he seems to be on his way towards. Yep, I agree. 
All righty. Well, combo, great show. Uh, yeah, it was. I can't wait to get uh, to jump in on the video for Harden. So make sure you're out there watching it probably tomorrow or Thursday. I'll get it out. Uh, you going to have a good Halloween today? Or you already started your Halloween festivities? Yeah, I went on a parade with Baby Combo. We might do some trick-or-treating with him. So everything's good. How are, How's yours? What What did Baby Combo dress up like? He was a dinosaur skeleton. Ooh, okay. Had yeah, a tail uh, and everything. I don't know what we're going to do. I know neighbors have a little party I might walk over to at some point. But uh, Are you going to walk in there and go, hey, sports fans? Or no, yeah, you're not going to do that. I, you know, I don't know. It's funny. I Last year I went, I had this like uh, – I, I for, um, for one of my birthdays, we had a Beatles thing where a Beatles band played, and we all dressed up like the Beatles. So I have a Sergeant Pepper-style red jacket. So I just wore oh. that, and that was an interesting topic of conversation. But I don't know if I'm going to find a different you know costume to wear this tonight. Oh, what's the – oh, you know who you should dress as? The guy from Greece. Uh, I've done that before. Kaniki or yeah, yeah. I feel I've like, that's like I feel like I have enough hair anymore. Uh, I, used to... I, I feel like that could be your speed right there. There is a photo of me. I wonder if I type in. See how uh, I, I'm? I'm a prophet. See how I see these things before, and I don't even know they happen. Totally. I've done that before. I, it was funny. I was uh, I was Kaniki, and then my wife was a, a pregnant. She was pregnant at the time, so mm. she and she dressed like a nun. <laughs> a pregnant <laughs> nun. You know, the pregnant nun. It was really, uh, you know, not uh, okay. But uh, I don't... <laughs> it was really um, not okay. What if I? You know what? You know what you can do on on iPhone now is you can type in the word nun. And yeah, exactly. Pictures of, of the nun, but I don't see it. So, um, darn it! I must have it somewhere else. Anyhow, but uh, good call, uh, Henry Winkler Fonzie for sure. That could be. A, I could do that as well. But um, I, I, I think I do have that T Bird's uh, fake leather jacket. But nonetheless. Happy Halloween to everybody. Please have a safe one. Um, don't open any candy that's already opened. And, um, or don't eat the candy that's already opened. And um, just be safe. Nothing fun happens after midnight, my dad used to say. Maybe we'll take it. Maybe we'll say 11 o'clock tonight on Halloween. And um, that's about it. Yeah. I'll, you know what? Will Ferrell, that, that would be great. I should do Jackie Moon or something like that. That'd be funny. Yeah. My pro. All right. Uh, well, anyway, thanks, Combo. Thanks, everybody out there for the Super Chats. It's very generous and it helps us keep the lights on for the show. And uh, if you missed some of this or all of this or whatever, you can always find it on, on our podcast uh, you know, soon. And uh, stay tuned. Luca coming up today. And um, what else? Uh, the Harden video coming up later this week. All righty. And don't forget, sports fans, the D-Ball Breakdown, not a channel. We're a conversation. You win. Are you in, Combo? Yes, sir.